gracious God, let these words be more than words. Give us the spirit of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Some of you know that I made an invitation this week. I invited a certain Missouri state representative out for coffee and to talk about scripture. I'm not talking about Joe Adams. You're off the hook. Representative Rick Bratton from Cass County near Kansas City stood in the Missouri House chamber this week and said that religion makes a distinction between homosexuality and just being a human being. That's a quote from a Missouri legislator on the floor of the Missouri House. He's saying there's a difference between homosexual people and human beings. I want to take this man out for coffee. (laughs) I would even offer to buy. I'm fairly sure coffee wouldn't violate any ethics rules. I'd like to talk with him about scripture. As a Christian, as a preacher, I'd like to ask him not to propose to speak for me. As a gay man, I'd like to ask him to stand up for my rights and the rights of others who stand on shakier ground if Governor Greitens does not veto this bill, SB 43, which was passed by the House, the bill Mr. Breton was debating. This bill would make it harder for an employee to take an employer or a renter to take a landlord to court for discrimination on the basis of race, gender, religion, disability, age, you name it, the bill makes it harder to legally prove discrimination. Some in the media have called this bill a license to discriminate. Representative Bratton's remarks were in support of the bill and against an amendment. So far, my invitation has gone unanswered. After news of his words spread across the internet, Bratton's public Facebook page came down. So I've sent him an old-fashioned letter as well. If any of you in the congregation have occasion to speak with the representative, feel free to pass along my business card. I'm not exactly optimistic that he'll take me up on the invitation, but I hope I'm wrong. We're fellow Christians. Representative Bratton and I may have a different take on Christianity, but we are fellow Christians. We understand the faith that we have received differently. And since we haven't yet met to talk about scripture, I'm not sure about this, but I would venture a guess that we read today's gospel especially differently. Jesus' words today are famous. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Some Christians read those words to mean there is no truth, there is no life, there is no way to heaven outside of Jesus. Jesus is the way. The definite article holds sway in this form of Christianity. And this Christianity intentionally involves a level of anxiety. Outside the church, there is no salvation. I know that several of you in our pews this morning recovering from this kind of Christianity. And for some of you, even hearing this passage of scripture read aloud makes you a bit nervous. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You'd like to get up right now and see if there's coffee out there. You'd like to disengage. There is coffee, but I'm going to ask you to say put. If we avoid scriptures like today's gospel, 
if we actively skip those pages in the Bible, if we turn away when we hear Christianity used to justify discrimination, we cede our faith to the forces of misogyny, bigotry, and homophobia. We need to reclaim our faith. We need to stand up for a more inclusive vision of Christianity. When I read stories about Jesus, I read about the Son of God who turned over tables in the temple, furious about what God's people had allowed their religion to become. I read about a man who constantly debated the meaning of scripture with religious teachers. I read about a young preacher who spoke with authority when he read from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus said, here, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. I'm not going to let fundamentalist Christianity have the last word on Jesus, because our world needs the good news, not the fake news. We need the truth. We need the life. We need Jesus. The early followers of Jesus weren't called Christians. They were called the way. It has a sense of movement. The way. Our presiding bishop, he's fond of calling us the Episcopal branch of the Jesus movement. I find that language compelling. I hear Jesus' words today as words of comfort. The gospel today comes from John's long account of the conversation over the Last Supper. Thomas has just asked Jesus, how will we know the way? In response to Jesus telling the disciples he's going to prepare a place for them. Thomas is filled with anxiety. Even though Jesus has said, do not let your hearts be troubled, the disciple can feel the tension of that night. Where are you going, Jesus? How will we find you? Jesus says, I am the way. In our church mission statement, we say that Holy Communion is a welcoming and diverse community seeking to walk in the way of Jesus. It's on the inside cover of your bulletin. We chose that language specifically Faith isn't about a single choice. You don't choose once to follow Christ and poof, your life is complete. Faith is a journey. We walk that journey step by step, day by day. There are constants. We gather week by week around the Eucharistic table. We say our prayers as close to daily as we can make it happen. We rely on the kindness of friends and strangers. But as much as there are constants, the journey is also constantly changing. The terrain shifts. Some dreams fade. Some companions leave us. What once seemed permanent and definitive turns out to be transitory. Yet we journey on. Some of you know my friend James Cosgrove, James the Atheist. We've spoken together at Theology on Tap debating the existence of God. James likes to tell me regularly that my version, our version of Christianity, is not the version in power. 
The Christianity James preaches against has long oppressed people, he tells me. I should just give up on Christianity. I once asked James if he was an evangelist for atheism. He claimed the title proudly. Yet as often as we talk, I am more and more firm in my convictions. I won't give up on the Christian journey, on the way of Jesus, because I believe this way has something powerful to say in our world today. We live in a world where the old certainties are wearing thin. In the 21st century, we encounter more of the world's diversity in a day than our grandparents may have encountered across their entire lives. Thanks be to God. We hear up-to-the-minute news from around the world. We live next door to Muslims, Jews, Hindus, atheists, even Presbyterians. <laughs> We're working to make our public spaces, including our churches, more accessible to people with disabilities. Yesterday, in a sign of this growing awareness of diversity at Christ Church Cathedral, as three members of Holy Communion were confirmed or received and became official Episcopalians, yesterday in that service, for the first time in my ministry, I heard the bishop forego the use of gendered pronouns in his prayer as someone was confirmed. That someone was from Kirksville, Missouri. We are learning to welcome the transgender community. And I believe Jesus is standing in the midst of all this growing awareness of diversity and smiling. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus declares to the wide and diverse city of Jerusalem, How often have I longed to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Hold on to that unlikely image for a moment. Jesus casts himself as a mother bird. He longs to draw all people to himself, but not as a scolding father, not to stand over them and tell them how they've gotten everything wrong. Jesus longs to protect, to nurture, and to lead. And today is Mother's Day, after all. I find it compelling that Jesus chose such a feminine image for his own ministry. And Jesus often defies stereotypes. And following that lead, at the end of our prayers of the people today, I'm going to pray a collect. It's, it's printed in your bulletin, a prayer for Mother's Day. And this prayer pushes back against the sort of hallmarkification of Mother's Day, this, this commodification of the mother, this singular image of what we hold up as motherhood. We'll give thanks for all of the women and the men who have mothered others. We'll pray for all of those who exhibit mothering virtues. The prayer tries to capture the diverse experience of motherhood. Some of us delight in our relationships with our mothers. For others, the relationship is strained. Mother's Day can be painful for those whose mothers have died. Mother's Day can be dreadful for women and men who have lost children or who have lost pregnancies or who have been frustrated in their hopes to have children. We'll remember them and pray for them as well. A word of advice. You didn't ask for it, but you're going to get it. A word of advice if you know someone who's grieving on Mother's Day or really if they're grieving at any time. One of the worst things you can say to someone is this. 
God has a plan. I know many folks who have left the church when someone from the leadership told them, God has a plan. Notice Jesus doesn't say anything like this, nothing about a plan to his friends who are anticipating his death. There's a subtle but important distinction. Saying to someone, God has a plan, makes it sound like God has some secret unrevealed to the suffering. There's a different way of going about it. It's what Jesus is pointing to with his words this morning. Saying there is a way, a way forward. That's a statement of faith, of trust. There is a way invites forward movement. Jesus says, I am the way. I am with you in the pain. I will be with you in the end. When you are ready, I will take the next steps with you. That Jesus still has something to say in our world. Jesus stands with us in our pain and offers us a way forward. Jesus stands in the midst of our growing diversity and longs to gather us together. Jesus stands before God's people and declares that the oppressed should go free, the poor should be lifted up. That Jesus still speaks to me, still speaks to our world. That is a way we can choose to follow. As I imagine my meeting with Representative Bratton, I imagine that we would pick up coffee in a shop somewhere in Jefferson City and go for a walk. As we wander the streets of the Missouri capital, I'd like to talk with him about Jesus. I'd like to hear how following Jesus has helped him to become a better person, a better father. And I'd like to share my perspective as well. I'd like to tell him about all the diverse people I know, the mothers, the fathers, the LGBT people who follow Jesus and find liberation in that following. I'd like to tell him about how for us, Jesus is also the way, the truth, and the life. I don't know if he'll accept my invitation, but if he does, I look forward to that conversation. Amen.